Hey everyone, it's Pastor Matt. Grab a beer, open the Bible, and ask some questions. This is Beers and Bibles. Episode 4, Samuel Adams, Winter Lager, and John 4. Welcome back to Beers and Bibles. In this episode, we're going to pour ourselves a tall glass of Sam Adams Winter Lager and crack open John chapter 4. Sam Adams says that the German brewers were onto something centuries ago when they created rich Bach beers for the winter. Our version is spiced with cinnamon, ginger, and orange peel for a deep flavor and a malty finish that will warm you on a cold winter night. Winter Lager is a 5.6% ABV beverage. And I'll say this, for my history in my life, one of the coolest things coming home from college, coming home to, to mom and dads when, when I would be uh, visiting with the kids, with the family, with the wife, was on Thanksgiving. And we'd pull into the house and dad would have a, a glass ready and poured of Samuel Adams Winter Lager. Back in episode two, we were talking about Bell's Winter White Ale and the debate between my sister and myself and which beer was better for drinking in the winter. We reviewed Winter White, and it was a 3.75. I think it's a really good beer, but I'll say this. I would always choose Winter Lager over Bell's Winter White. Thanks to my sister, though, who is the one who bought the beer in my hand today. I appreciate it, Tara. And uh, we'll get to the rating at the end of the episode. But we've got a lot of reading to do today because we're jumping into John chapter 4 where we'll see Jesus and the woman at Samaria, and then at the end of the chapter, Jesus' second sign, a healing miracle that he performs for the official son. So jumping into John chapter 4, we come off of the uh, most quoted chapter in the book of the Bible, John 3, and uh, Jesus is uh, learning some new things about the ripples that his ministry is making. And so John tells us in verse 1, Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John. Although Jesus himself did not baptize, only his disciples, Jesus left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman came from Samaria, came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews had no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, And who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself and his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go, call your husband and come here. 
The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying, I have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you've said is true. The woman said to him, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you don't know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now this is one of the most marvelous conversations and I think speaks a lot to the kind of person we share the gospel with. Jesus is sharing the words of eternal life. He is confessing himself to be the Messiah to a woman of Samaria. Now, there's a lot of history that you can read a lot of other places about the disagreements that the Jews had with the Samaritans and the rivalry and the hatred and the just pure bitterness that the two groups had for each other. And this is something that John would have taught his disciples as he was teaching them about Christianity. This scene is significant because Jesus is telling this woman about eternal life. He's telling her about her sins. He's telling her about himself. And she is, she's not worthy. And it's a reminder, I think, for you and me that as we approach Jesus, we do so not worthily, but we do so just as this woman. We bring nothing to Jesus and he gives everything to us. He tells us through the Holy Spirit that he is the Christ. He's the Savior Messiah. He is the one that's coming into the world to save us from our sin. Kind of an amazing thing when you think about it, that Jesus shares this word with all people. Jumping back into verse 27, just then his disciples came back and they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said to him, what do you seek or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and were coming to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you don't know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do you not say there are yet four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, Lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Now it's kind of an awesome thing here that the disciples come back to Jesus and they see him talking to this woman whom they know would not have been a a quality type of individual. And yet, Jesus teaches them just the same. You know, they don't ask, what do you seek? Why are you talking with her? The woman leaves and Jesus teaches the disciples, shows them that he is sustained. He is provided for in the work that he does. 
and the completion. And what he says then, I believe, is still true today, that the fields are rich with harvest, that there are people out in the world today, and, and maybe you're one of them, that are looking for salvation. They're looking for hope and looking for truth. That salvation, that hope, and that truth is found in Jesus. It's found in his work for you and for me. And that's what the woman testifies to. And the people in her town come back in verse 39. And many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, it's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves. And we know that this is indeed the Savior of the world. After the two days, he departed for Galilee, for Jesus had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. Now I think it's an amazing thing that the woman's testimony causes people to seek out Jesus. And then once people identify and see and hear the real, authentic, true Jesus, they believe even more. It's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we've heard ourselves and we know that he's the Savior of the world. This is phenomenal news for you and me as we share the gospel, as we hear the gospel, as we proclaim the truth that Jesus has given us. Verse 46 picks up. So Jesus came again to Cana in Galilee. He's going back to where he was at the wedding when he performed that miracle. John tells us uh, the same thing, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come from Judah to Galilee, he went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and went on his way. As he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So he asked them the hour when he began to get better. And they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that was the hour when Jesus had said to him, your son will live. And he himself believed in all his household. This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he had come back from Judea to Galilee. I mean, what an amazing testimony that we have in Jesus. He is the one who is life. He's the one who gives life. He's the one who sustains life. He's the one who restores life. And we have this opportunity to, to hear his word and to believe that he is the one who gives eternal life. He is the one who is the Savior of the world. We can testify like the woman at the well. We can testify like all of those Samaritans from our village that he is indeed the Savior of the world. I hope that you have an opportunity to hear Jesus, to follow Jesus, to learn from him and to grow. Thanks for, for listening. Uh, if you have something that you're interested in hearing, read about or uh, talked about on Beers and Bibles, let me know and we'll do our best to integrate that into to what we're teaching. Now to the beer review. I'll say this. I think Winter Lager is one of the best beers on the market. It's one of my favorite seasonal beers and has been for a real long time. I've rated Winter Lager 4.5 out of 5. It is absolutely one of my favorite beers to drink. It's got a rich, rich flavor. Great malty finish. 
I think it's definitely something that I look forward to every November when it comes out. But what do you want to drink? What do you want to see reviewed? Let me know. And what do you want to read? What do you want to know about? What do you want to learn about? This is Beers and Bibles. So send me a note, Pastor Matt at HolyCrossOxford.com, and we'll do what we can to, to talk about that, and we can follow Jesus together. Thanks for listening. This is Beers and Bibles. No beer or Bible experience necessary. You're invited to follow Jesus, learn, and grow.